Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to She Podcast. This is Jessica Kupferman. And with me, as always, my glamorous and beautiful friend, Elsie Escobar. Woohoo! Mupp- Here I am. Muppet incarnate. And our producer, John Jamingo. Hello. Good morning, whatever time it is. It's morning here. <laughs> it is morning here. I know. But, but it is on demand. Elsie likes the podcast at the crack of dawn. I do. Well, hey, you know. This is what's going to keep us podcasting. At least I'm making y'all do this. Just so you know, this is 10:15. It's not the crack of dawn. <laughs> it is for me. <laughs> Nowhere in the world is it the crack of dawn. In fact, except I mean, because even in China, it's 10 p.m. <laughs> it's the it's like the it's crack true. of dawn in Hawaii. Cal- okay. right. in Hawaii. In Hawaii, okay, in Hawaii, it's the Hawaii. crack of yeah. dawn. That's right. In Hawaii, Hence- it's the crack of dawn. So I guess you're feeling for them. I identify so as Hawaiian right now. Look at my shirt. Fancy, because I'm going to Scott and I tonight are going to a French hotel where we went for like our mini moon, our honeymoon after we got married in Philadelphia, Sophie Tell in Philadelphia. It's a French hotel boutique. Um, we haven't been there in a while, and it's fancy, but I don't feel like dressing up, so I just wore a T-shirt that said "fancy." And hopefully, I do- love it. Hopefully, that'll do her. It's gorgeous. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Thank you. Congratulations. How fun is that? Thank I don't you. think I've ever done anything years. that merits fancy in my relationship. Like, I don't think that there's ever been. No, there's not been a fancy. You guys have never been to a black tie affair together. I guess. Hell no. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Listen to her reaction. Like, it's um, like it's like like it's like eating dog shit. No, but number one, though, will Randy ever fit in a suit that that's like that makes it they do make them? I know, but if Marlon Brando can do it, Randy can do it. Does Randy own a suit? No. No way. There you go. He just bought button-up shirts. Do you Like own a last suit? year. Okay. <laughs> I've never seen you, and I don't think I've ever seen you in a button-down shirt, and I know they make them in your size. Oh, no. I have a suit. I have one suit. You do? Yes. That's what Scott has. He has one suit. One suit. Yes. I hate wearing it. Yeah. He, really? Um, well, soon you'll have a She Podcast t-shirt. I do. You'll have another one. You're, gonna, you're coming to Atlanta, right? No, I can't. What? Yeah, I'm not coming. I didn't know that. Yeah, I can't because uh, I have someone, it's, I have family that's going to be here mm. that week. I can't make it. Mm. Right. I didn't know that. I don't we should have like that. a, we're going to have to have a, a John stand in like a, like some kind of, like we need to get a cutout and put it in the booth or in the. But pictures, <gasps> we can have a John cut out so people can take pictures with John. Well, my partner slash nephew will be there, Justin, because he lives in Atlanta. Huh. That's right. We did have that discussion. Yes. I remember. He is like me when I was his age, to be quite honest with you. But Well, I'll be like a mini John. Yes. <laughs> mini John. <laughs> He's more animated than I am now, but not as I was. But. I've heard nothing but great things from people that are going, are ready to go to the event. They're excited. They can't wait to go. And uh, it should be a great time. Woohoo! We love yeah. it. We love it. <laughs> wow. That's a drop. We're waiting for the, up, yeah, we're waiting for the update later on. And I can't wait to hear what's going on. So I know. So let's get, shall we get cracking into some conversation that has some, a little something to do with podcasting? Yeah, let's. <laughs> Sorry, you fast forwarders. You, you fast forwarders. You I know. Grouchy so, fast forwarders. So let's talk some tool tips this time, right from the get go. Right from the get go. 
Elsie's Tool Tips. All right, y'all. So the talk of the town this week was the lovely and fancy descript, which we've talked yes. about in a past episode. We have talked about it several times. I don't remember it being like this. It wasn't. This is new. All new. I did use Descript for processing audio and just getting this, the transcripts out of it. I Me thought too. that was really, really easy to do. Same. Really fantastic. I uploaded, I uploaded a, a course and got transcripts for it. Yeah, I think that's where I got my idea to do that as well, which was like, I'm just going to use this. And then what I did is I copied and pasted that data and put it and um, kind of like added it to some notes that I needed to have. So the Descript has been, I think it's a fantastic tool, tool for transcription, but this takes it beyond the level. Number one, y'all, look in the show notes right, well, not right now, maybe after we're finished, and check out their video because the video that they created, it's over two minutes long. Have you, tra- have you seen it, uh, John? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, without addressing even Descript in this, I think this is possibly one of the most compelling videos and well-done videos well-branded videos, well-positioned videos that I've ever seen on a product. It's definitely funny. This is going to be great for people that are independent podcasters that don't have any money that want to look to be able to have good quality editing, but don't want to learn audition or, you know, audacity, all that stuff. This should be really, really easy. It's web-based. Well, no, it's not actually web-based because you have to download. Yeah something onto your computer. I haven't played with it yet. I might even try to edit this show, this episode, with Descript when we get done. They have multi-track possibility. I like the overdub. Overdub? Overdub. 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 <laughs> overdub. Watch the video for the reference. Overdub. No, it, no, what it means is you can highlight a sentence and then put music behind it. Well, no, it means that you can highlight a word and change the word. So like, let's say if I said, hey, Jessica, and then I forgot that I was addressing John. Like I said, I say this all the time. I say the wrong words all the time. And there's many times when I wanted to change that word. I'm like, that's not the word that I meant, but I said the wrong word. So with this one, I can actually that you can write the word you wanted to say. And it like creates the word on your with your voice without you having to say it. My Right. Now, God, here's the issue with overdone. that is that it only will do it for your voice. So let's say that's right. it's only for your voice. Right. So you just said that I couldn't take your voice and then change it from Jessica to John. You could. You're just not supposed to. No, no, no. Not. And they're probably not allowing it in the in this app. But yes, technically, how it is. Know? You can Legal. do it technically. I don't know how they know. I don't know enough to know enough about how that works, but according to right. the video. According to the video, yes. you shouldn't. It didn't say you can't. It uh, said I, you shouldn't. It said it's not meant for this. It's meant for this. Yeah, I, but I don't think that you can. How I could don't you not? If I pulled can. in any video, it will change it to audio, and then I could just overdub it to say whatever I want. Why would that not work? Uh, you're asking me questions that I don't know how to right. answer. I haven't played right with now. it enough, listeners, but I can tell you you're not supposed to do that. Don't do that. It's against the law to do that. That said, I do think it has that capability. Well, it does, but when I'm saying that I have a feeling that they know exactly how to do that with your voice. So if I'm wrong, descript people, hey. But I mean that yes, it is illegal. The tech the ability for somebody to do that 
is technically possible and it is possibly being done as we speak. But I do not believe that you can do that in the app. I don't think it's built in there for you to overdove, over, I can't even say it, overdub, overdub other people. All right. So, so I may be wrong. Audition had this capability rolled out about a year ago where you could take somebody's voice and change a word or add a word by just typing in text. And I never tried it. I never had a need to use it. So I never really got into it. And I'm not even sure if you're allowed to do that anymore. I have to double check on that. But I mean, it would be great. And then the other thing is when you put the audio in, it automatically transcribes the audio. So you can go look at the ums and then just clip them. And then all of a sudden it clips them all out of here. I'm really interested to see how that works because I want to see if it's choppy or not. And then there's other things that you would, as an editor that we do is the breaths. So in other words, when there's a breath, when someone's talking and there's a breath, you've got to kind of catch the breath, you know, either at the beginning or at the end. If you do it in the middle, you can hear it. It's so pronounced. And I can hear it. Like for me, when I'm listening to a podcast and I hear that, it just jumps right, right Mm -hmm. into my ears from that. So again, I'm really excited to, to try this. And I think that it'll be great for people that it'll make a big difference in, in podcasting. And uh, other podcast editors right now are probably just wringing their hands and pulling their hair out because like, what are we going to do now? Well, there's two ways to address that. Number one is the fact that, yes, people are going to be more empowered to do this on their own. And I hope that the DIYers and the people who really don't have the, um, you know, the inventory, like the income to be able to fix, you know, their own audio and all that stuff that maybe they can do this for sure. It'll probably do a better job. But the other side of it is that, you know, I was just having a conversation that I don't want software to edit this show. This show that Jess and I have together, minus, like, let's say we didn't have you, John, I don't think I could use Descript a little bit, but I would still have to go in there and feel out a lot of different things because there is a rhythm that you understand about us. There is an understanding of the content that we're doing. There's an understanding of the flow that Jess and I have that is really not, I don't think a machine can figure that out, right? There is a deeper finesse to you editing this show than you just taking out the ums and the uhs. Well, the other thing is it takes time. Editing takes time. I don't care. Yes, it does it's, take it's time. It's not automatic. You just don't put it in there and it takes does all the things. You have to go in and go over it. One of the things I was looking at, it does have a way of, for the music, you can uh, fade it in and fade it out. So there's some things you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to learn. But it does look like it's pretty easy to do. And someone said to me when this came out, what are you going to do now that everybody can edit their own audio? And I said, I don't know. I said, if if everybody decides to edit their own audio and they don't want me to edit their shows anymore, I'll, I'll do something different. doesn't matter. I've invented myself four times since I started working. I wasn't... Five years, seven seven years ago, I wasn't even a podcaster. So what am I going to, you know, I'll figure something else out do. I'm not worried about it. If it's good for podcasting, I'm happy about it. If it makes podcasting easier for people, I'm happy about it. Yep. I'm not here to protect what I do. I offer a service because people don't have the time. And They're still not going to have the time. It's not going to take away your still, job, exactly. I assure you. Right. Yes, Jess. Bingo, 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 because it doesn't matter if it's easier. It takes, it's going to take time anyway to be able to do all that stuff. It takes time. So yeah, it's going to make it easier for some people that can't figure out how to edit 
they can't figure out how to edit audio. But think about this. How long does it take for you to edit like a sales page? Or how long does it take for somebody to edit something, a long blog post that you put up, uh, you know, that you put on your site or you're going to publish? It's sort of like that. that's the same thing. You're just editing differently. Here's the other thing, too. When you edit your own podcast, you become a better podcaster. Yes, you do. Because you don't want to deal with that crap. Yeah, you see mistakes that you make or you see things that you're doing wrong and you're hearing your own voice and it makes you a better podcaster. So to me, if this works out the way it says it's going to work out, I think it's just great for the industry, to be quite honest with you. I'm happy about it. So let's talk about something that we didn't talk about is what exactly Descript is. We just started to talk about Descript and we didn't even say what it is. So Descript oh, is point. a is a piece of software. It's kind of like, would you consider it like a digital audio workstation? Yes. So it's another DAW. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's another DAW, right, out there. And so what it does differently than everything else, like Audacity and Audition and GarageBand, is that when you pull in the audio, it transcribes it. And then what you do is when you edit, you edit visually as in the words that are in your file versus looking at an audio wave. The audio wave is there, but you also have the component of being able to remove words as if you are editing a text file versus editing in an audio file. And it has all this extra capability where you can do what Jess and I, what we were all talking about before, which is the overdub thing where you can change certain words and whatever. It also does um, I, bu- I believe it does some compression, like it does post-production and it, d- it does all kinds of other audio things that DAW workstations do as well, exports that file out. And from what I gather, you can also import the, f- the script files for other digital audio workstations so that you can continue doing that kind of stuff if, if that's what, what you, you want to do. you mean other workstations, like from GarageBand or Audacity? Yes, like I think it has something for um, Audacity. Audition. I think it has like an export to Audition so that Audition can pull it in. I don't know enough. Again, I have not used it either. So that's what this is. And the lovely thing about it is that they give you three hours free when you download it first, right? So when you sign up and then I believe it's $10 a month or $13 a month, something like that. If you buy it for the year, I think. I think that's what the pricing is. Here's the other thing. It's something where you can record and you can also record a guest on. So, like, say you and Jess were uh, you were doing the show, and uh, I got hit by a truck. And oh so, my god! So oh my god! And what would happen is you would be able to record through the script, and then your audio would be right in. It would be brought right into the the digital audio workstation, and you could work with it from there. So you can also record interviews there too. So it's got a, I mean, from the video, it has a, it seems like it does all the things. Everything. Descript. Yeah. It does everything. It does all the things. You're welcome. Yeah. Descript yeah. to use That's it. Fair. <laughs> That's very much like I would say it. Descript. Yes. It does all the things. Yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? We just got an email five seconds ago oh. from Podcast Business Journal. This week, Descript, I'll just read it like a news person. This week, Descript. Quote, attribution. Yes. Go. Uh, okay. Descript announced the launch of a new editing software package called Descript Podcast Audio. The offering allows podcasters to edit audio via word processor. In addition, an AI tool included in the package allows users to generate synthesized speech, which can be inserted into existing audio. 
According to a story from The Verge, Descript won't allow the tool to work with anyone's voice but your own or the voice of someone who has given you overdub permission. That said, as Ingrid London writes in TechCrunch, if you subscribe to the idea that tech advances in NLP and AI overall are something of a Pandora's box, the cat's out of the bag. Even if Descript doesn't allow for it, someone else will likely hack this kind of technology for more nefarious ends. Descript also announced 15 million dollars in funding from venture firms Redpoint and Andreessen Horowitz and the acquisition of AI company Liar. Wow. That is some exciting shiz. So here's something I was just thinking about, because whenever I use any kind of voice recognition software, my accent plays havoc with the software. And I'm wondering now that if I go in and change the words that it doesn't understand, will that remove my accent? Because now I'm all over it. Now I want it. Mm. Well, I think people are going to be doing some testing. It seems like I've gotten a couple of responses from the Lipson community where I think there was a guy that was using Descript with an accent that it, it didn't quite work for them. The other thing that I asked because I thought, oh, my gosh, this is going to save my life for my new show, Sobre Podcasting, because what's keeping me from doing it often is because the editing of that show is really hard for me because even though it's just me, I mess up a lot. I have to start over. And the majority of the editing, it's not that it's difficult editing. It's just time consuming because I have to listen to myself and then find out where I start. And if I can visually just quickly remove those areas that I just want out, it would be awesome. So I asked them, do you support Spanish? And they don't. So... As of now, I mean, what would they do, though? I mean, they would have to support, like, every language on the planet. That would be, I think, insane. Maybe they could well, do a little something. why not? I think they could pick Spanish and then start adding to it. So they only do English right now? Yes. Yeah, they only, no. I assume it's only English. I would, I would challenge them to support at least the three or, like, four, three to four top languages of the world. Chinese is the number two. Like, if I search Spanish, nothing happens? What do you mean if you search Spanish? Okay, does Descript support no. foreign language? Uh, no, I, I asked them. You already them. did this. Oh. They actually responded to me. Yeah, no, not <laughs> and yet. They said, it says in the help center, <laughs> no. no, not yet. You know what it says? It says, no bueno. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. John made a funny. All right. Well, we're excited about Descript. We'll have to let you know how it works out and what kind of stuff we're going to do to play with it. I think it'll be good. I love it. Thank you so much, guys. Descript, descript, descript. So let's go ahead and uh, move into just a t- two bits of news that I have in here. I didn't really do too much research this week, but let's head on over to some news. The news you can use for the informed podcaster. Podcasting news. Hey, Jess, do you remember when you were like all into the advertising stuff? (laughs) It was pre-concussion, so. Is there a reason you think I'm no longer into that? Just wondering. Well, no, I'm just saying because I remember when you were like going to all the, you know, podcast advertising. I don't go to the upfront anymore, but I still read about it and I still. Well, I know. I'm just saying because there was a pod front. Did you ever remember anything about it? Is Just this kidding. new? Podfront think- is in LA. It's been the last couple of years. Yeah. Well, this is a, this one is in San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to talk about a little bit of Podfront, and I gathered all this information by going to just one source, which is Inside Podcasting. 
with our <laughs> lovely co-host that was here a couple of episodes Sky. ago, Sky Pillsbury. Mm-hmm. So she did go to the event and then she, uh, one of her latest uh, newsletters that just came out kind of encapsulated lots of quotes. But the, the thing that the reason that I kind of went into and read the um, the article this time is because of a tweet she put out or Inside Podcasting did on Twitter. Uh, and this is the tweet. Quote, a study from Outwondry Media and Neurolab found that after listening to an ad on a podcast, people trusted the advertiser more. After watching a video ad on YouTube or Facebook, people trusted the advertiser less. Pass it on. How about that? I say yes because, well, okay, is that a live read or is it a canned commercial? Probably a live read. I would think it was a live read, yeah. But, you know... In the corporate world, at least I think 40% of them are dynamically inserted. But that still doesn't mean they're not a read. It just means that they're not a radio ad, but it's still not live, I guess is what I'm saying. So remember PodCoin? It's a podcast player that was supposed to pay you money. You would listen to podcast. Now the 24th, it's going belly up. Well, all these, yeah, all these independent podcasters came in and they just started telling everybody, go listen through the PodCoin app, it's going to pay you money. And what it did was it really put independent podcasts up front. In other words, when you went to the podcast app, all, it was all independent podcasts. No Joe Rogan, no Oprah, no none of that stuff. It was all independent podcasts. And by everybody promoting this app, they started getting a lot of listens from people from other shows that were finding their shows through this app. But now it's going belly up. Yeah, but John, yes. <laughs> that's not what PodCoin was. Oh, about I mean, yes, it was about. I know it's not but, about yet, but that's it was something that happened because of it. Yes, no, but what was happening there is that people were getting paid for listening in Podcoin. Right. So what that was doing is it was getting people to open that up and go think, 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 and start tapping on all the listening things because they were getting paid. Oh, okay. So they were getting paid for listening in Podcoin, which made all the listens go up on everybody else's side of things. They weren't discovering shows. They were just pressing the button to get the money. So, okay. So now that it's going belly up, all these podcasters now are like, oh, this is horrible. I just, you know, my show went from 300 listens to 1,100 listens in a month. That's because people are pressing the buttons to get paid. Okay. So that being said, they had a lot of people go over there because they were promoting it, promoting it, promoting it. I went used the app and said, this app is horrible. It doesn't have, you can't speed it up. It doesn't have a plus 30 button, a minus 30 button. So I said, why are you guys promoting this? This app is horrible. Why would you, this is the worst app I've ever tried to use. It's disgusting. (laughs) So I wouldn't promote it. Yeah, because it was, I mean, honestly, their business model was to pay people to listen to podcasts. Right. And then podcasters were going, oh, I'm getting so many listens when really it's just people pressing the damn button and not actually listening to the show. That's ridiculous. You mean they game the system? Yes. What? 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 Yeah. So there's that. (laughs) Anyway, in addition to that data, though, I mean, it was really neat to be able to see these larger companies coming together and talking about podcasting, talking about by the numbers, talking about uh, the growth of the industry. Here's the thing with that I've seen, at least for us, in terms of uh, the Super Squad and the conversations that are going in the Super Squad, because we have a lot of people who have been podcasting for quite a while in the Super Squad. And the conversations that keep coming up are not from people just 
trying to just start to get into sponsorship. Like we had, you know, the question that we had last week, but these are people who have been like pitching their own show, selling their own show, building their own audiences, getting their own sponsors already for a while. And what they're starting to notice is that they don't have to, like people are coming to them now, larger companies or, or um, how would I, how, what, what do you call them, Jess? Not um, advertisers. Advertisers, yeah. Advertisers are coming to them mm-hmm. looking to get in. Yeah. And this is very new, right, for them. Yes. Uh, And one good thing that I saw, and that's how it was, I'm quoting from a comment that I saw in the Super Squad, that one of the good things that's happening is that they don't have to explain podcast advertising as much. Yes, that is a blessing because I always say that's the first hurdle is not to talk about your show and sell your show. It's definitely to sell podcast advertising in general. I'm glad that's changed, but I don't know that it's changed across the board. At least they've heard of it, though, which is good. Yeah, that's always a great thing. So in, in terms of that stuff, I think our conversations are going to be shifting in the market. And I do truly believe that as independent podcasters, whether we're building a massive, a gigantic brand that it's set to scale to maybe more boutique type brands that are really focusing in on niches, the most important thing that we have to do as independent podcasters now is to develop media kits, one sheets, uh, understanding what we stand for, mission, vision statements, you know, things that people that we want to work with. So people really understand who our, our people are and also figuring out who your audience is. Like that's your, we talked about that in the last episode and Jess was like giving you so much insight into that because again, you can't just sell your brand. You have to sell your, your audience. audience. And yeah. If, yeah. And if yep. you don't have it, if you don't know anything about them and you're just like, whatever you're my concept for the show is to take an inside look into garbage developers (laughs) and see what do we develop with the garbage (laughs) yeah no you got to know who that audience is so that's your job to start the process of figuring that out for sure as a side note elsie and i were pitched by ad results this week which i thought was really interesting ad results ad results oh my gosh how funny that's oh that's who that was from yeah, it's from Ad So Ad Results is one of the original big, big podcast ad agencies. And Jenny Skog, who's going to be at She Podcast taking appointments, was their VP for a really long time. For like 12 years, she worked there when they were just selling radio. Then they got into podcasts. And, you know, they wanted to know about our audience and our downloads. And I wrote back because I was like, oh, that's so cute that you're pitching. <laughs> like, I. I didn't know what to say or why or how they I mean, I guess they've heard of us because they've heard of us. But I was like, we don't, you know, like I used to have an ad agency. And like, I know who your clients are. And I'm pretty sure they are only buying via CPM. Is that correct? Because if so, you don't want to buy our show. Right. Because we don't do that. We're never going to do that. And he never wrote back, of course. Well, he did write back. No one's written. What? No. Yes, he did write back. What? He did write back. He gave you a spreadsheet. What? Yeah. Oh my God, he did. I didn't see it. Well, where did it? Where was it? Oh my God. Thanks for getting back to me. To your question, each client has different requirements. Some are willing to spend more than usual if it's a show or network that aligns well. Do you offer any run of network package? What does he think we do? We don't have a network. <laughs> Additionally, I'm attaching an available document I use when reaching out to new shows and networks. If you'd like to use that to list out your rosters, what (laughs) roster? (laughs) He thinks we have a network, Elsie. 
I don't know what to tell you. Is that a rumor that I haven't heard? <laughs> you guys, seriously, do we have a network? And we, don't don't have a, we don't have it. We don't have a network. Who's running our network with, behind my back? Can we respond to this? Thank you so much. I'm so glad that you actually realized that we have a network. Not too many people do. <laughs> In fact, we didn't know. We didn't know ourselves. Should does, but you know what? But like stuff like this makes me think. Should we have a network? Well, shall we switch conversations now? Because I think that this is going to... Okay, so this actually segues amazingly well into talking about a very, very successful network. Yeah. Okay, so um, She Podcast's birthday was in... I believe it was in June 20... Like, that's when when we were born, June 2014. Relay FM was born in July 2014. So they are like slightly younger than us. But this, uh, I started like a, a smallish network with a very specific niche audience, right? It's a little bit obviously like more toward catering towards those that were already listening to podcasts. It's very tech savvy audience, very male heavy, what I've assumed. But they also started to get very, they really started to put shows out that were exactly what their one liner in their, on their a website says our Relay FM is an independent podcast network for people who are creative, curious, and maybe a little obsessive, just like the hosts. So they really obsess over all kinds of really awesome creative creative things, whether it's be productivity, whether it be pens, because I have the Pen Addict podcast, which is my favorite. Whether that it's is any kind really? of really, I never knew that tech news. Anything that is Apple created, productivity, like all kinds of stuff. So they've really expanded out, but really, really like what really I think their psychographic is people who are really geeky about what they love, like super into it. And so what they did to celebrate their fifth birthday was to have a live show in San Francisco where they had about 20 of their hosts come in. And they did this like family feud thing with their hosts. And the way that they ran this is they pulled their audience. So because they're obviously their network is so huge and the engagement for their network is so huge, they had like a list of questions and they had, I don't know how many, like over a thousand responses for these, a list of questions that they asked, like, you know, what's your, who's your favorite Apple executive? Like, what's your, like, I think that was one of the questions and like, what's the, what's, what pen do you know? Like, what's the name of a pen that you know? And like they had to, people had to fill it out out of their own heads. And so in the Family Feud, they would ask these questions. And remember, it's like Family Feud. It's not what the truth is. It's what the audience responded to. Right. It doesn't matter what the truth is. Exactly. Ever. It That's was a great so... thing of Family Feud because you never know what's going to come out of someone's mouth. Too. Exactly. So they had, it was a fun, I, I'm, I have a link for the YouTube video. I listened to it because they, re- they released it on their feeds in their shows. So, and, I, and I was laughing hysterically because listening to the, sh- to the host's that I know and love go up there and play family feud in this way. Everybody was just supportive because everybody in their audience just so loves them. And to have them go super geeky into this like family feud thing was hilarious. And they had the noises and they had a host and they had the whole thing. And it's just, it was just so great to celebrate it that way and that their audience can see, you know, did that. Now that's just a wonderful way for a network to, to um, celebrate. But in addition to that, they've also negotiated a deal 
Um, this is unprecedented. This is the first time this has happened. They are working in partnership with St. Jude's Hospital. So this is a complete negotiation that this is between Relay FM, a podcasting network, <clears throat> and St. Jude's Hospital. And what they're doing in September, the month of September, to in order to celebrate Relay FM's fifth birthday, as well as to support St. Jude's, is to raise money for St. Jude's. They had a fifty thousand dollar, you know, goal that they did. They got it within the first, I think, week. Then they get they hit a hundred thousand dollars in two weeks. Now they have an extended goal of one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. They're almost there. That are about one hundred and sixty seven thousand. And what they're going to be doing is they're going to be live streaming from St. Jude's from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. as we are recording today on this day. Um, And they're going to raise funds for St. Jude and talk about Apple products at St. Jude's. How amazing is that? It's amazing. So cool. It is. I think that this this the reason that I'm so excited about this is because this is completely thinking about outside of the box and un- and understanding that the deals and partnerships that you can make as a podcasting media company, whether it's you by yourself or whether it's a network, is to be able to make partnerships and show the love that you have for uh, an organization, you don't have to go the avenue of just hooking up with media companies. You can do it with health, the health industry, the public service industry, with nonprofit organizations. There's so many different ways in which we can both benefit each other as somebody that wields um, influence with our people. Would you ever want to have... See, I still... I did a search for a couple of their shows. This is the only website for those podcasts. So again, I can't reconcile in my head owning a network and therefore all the traffic for every show. But maybe these podcasters like that and want that. Maybe there would be people who wanted that for She Podcast and don't want to grow their own, I don't know, traffic, but they'd rather just have be on our network, which already has. Maybe that's the key to being on a network. I don't know. Well, you have to understand, too, that a lot of the Relay FM hosts have... They're not podcasters by trade, meaning that they're not, you know what I mean? Like their job is doing other things and they're building that level of expertise and their existing audience base to relay. And so their shows are yet another way to reach an audience of like-minded, like-hearted people, right? So um, the guy, the co-host of uh, The Pan Addict, he has... Brad has his own business where he sells Pens. pen products. He has an own his own website and it's called the Pen Addict. The Pen Addict pod, the pen, penaddict.com. He has his own website. So that's what he's bringing all of those pen obsessed people to the show. So it's mutually beneficial. Would you ever want to have a network? It would need a lot of work. I mean, you can talk to like Steven and and uh, and Mike. But you didn't answer the question. It depends on the type of network. It it takes. I think it takes a lot of work to run a network. The network. Would you ever want to have a she podcasts network? Yes or no? Gut instinct. I would like to join Relay FM. Oh come on! That's, I'm not, not kidding. The it's question. established. It's already established. We are geeky. We are obsessed. We have a we very have specific thing. traffic. I don't want to join another network. I want to know if we should provide a network for women's shows. I don't know. 
Well, you're not jumping at it, so I'd I have to say that. No. If it's not a hell yeah, yes, I think it's a hell, it's no. It's a hell no. Ah, ah, jinx. <laughs> it's not a yeah. I know it's not a hell no. It's just that I don't know. I I figured like I would be so picky. I'd be so picky about well, who. What the fuck else is new? You think I don't know this about you? <laughs> That's the point: is to be meticulously exclusive and only take the shows that we feel are worthy of our network. That is not the point, right? You I, I, like I did think you about it. Like I did really think about it. I think that. You act like your particularness is something that other people have to hurdle every time. I know this about you. That's why I'm asking you if you'd want to do it. I would. I lo- I really lo- dig the idea because I do see the power of the power of community, the power of being able to expand like into and, and to be able to support our hosts. Like I do see the power of it. In fact, there's there's a part of me that misses that, especially as I've seen it in the Mac uh, communities. I've seen the Mac communities work together, support one another, and do shows together and constantly like that. I would love. I would love to do that kind of stuff. I guess, you know, my 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 thing would be like I want She Podcast to have a stronger a stronger brand presence to encompass all the all of these separate voices because the other women are also real. The ones that I would put in the network already have really strong established brands. So why would they want to join She Podcast before leading with their own? Is what well, I'm saying. Right. We'd either have to develop new talent or we'd have to just see if we could fold them in. Right. And then folding them in, that's what I'm saying. It's like, what is it that we all buy into? What is our big, our bigger vision around this? I mean, part of the bigger vision is ad results pitching us to sell our network. Right. I mean, that's part of it is money. And the other part of it is having a a company, a media company that people are a part of, I guess. I don't know. Right. So I here's, don't know. I'm here's, just let me just tell you, though, at the moment. In, in terms of what you're talking about here, something that really has done, and I think that you can see from their website that it kind of, it is very simple. It's very streamlined. It is a CMS that w- that they created for themselves. They are running their own RSS feeds. They're hosted at Libsyn, mm-hmm. but they are running their own RSS feeds. So they own, and they are also running their own software to work with sponsors they've created for themselves. So they have the infrastructure set up to scale for them and then when you come into the fold, it's all set. It's all set up. So they well, yeah, can. Yeah, we would do that too. Well, what I'm saying to you, this is all, they developed it themselves. They own every single part of it versus building a CMS on WordPress, using existing um, solutions out there to do it, right? And I don't think that I would, be, I don't want to manage RSS feeds. Well, no, I don't either. That's what, that's I'm, that's what I'm saying, but they have all that stuff. So they're able to provide sponsors with details and data that, yes, they are being hosted on Lipson. So they get all that stuff from the back end for us, but they also run their own stuff. They've got like a lot more information that are coming uh, into them that they can 100% be in charge of. Like if something happens in any aspect of their company, they own it and they can take care of that problem versus, you know, uh, anyway, I'm just I'm just saying that they and they've been developing this for five years. 
Yeah, I mean, it wasn't necessarily a comparison. I was just conceptually asking you if it's a good idea or not a good idea. I like, I mean, I like the idea of a network. I'm just saying that it's, all I know is that it's like, it would just take a lot of, think about what you were doing for the ad stuff, for like sponsorship. Just what, that's just one aspect. I mean, have you ever known me not to take on a seemingly impossible project? Just wondering. Well, no, it's not seeming. It's you quit your business because you didn't want to deal with having to be selling and uh, sponsorship and dealing with podcasters. Well, no, it's because I was supporting the wrong shows and making money off the wrong shows. Oh, okay. well, okay. That I don't remember talk having that specific conversation. But yes, so we would have to work with people who I like are not a pain in the butt to work with. Well, yeah, it wasn't really the podcaster so much as it was like I could only make money if I sold shows that everyone else was already selling because no one was buying smaller shows. And that's who I wanted to help. Mm. So this a network kind of reinforces the original goal, which is to help individual and independent podcasters have more of a, a line to success. Yeah, I think that that's a huge plus for sure. And there's been times like even with the Super Squad, with the women that are in the Super Squad, that I was like, oh, my God. This would be so great if we got together and we together sold our stuff, right? It would be so great to be able to have because a lot of the caliber of the of the people in that in that um, in the super squad itself have so much going on already, right? Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. That said, it would obviously it would be like quality control. Like somebody needs to be in there and be like, dude, you, y'all, you cannot join with this kind of audio quality. I mean, this audio quality sucks. Right. <laughs> and, like you know, that kind of stuff where it's like you can't do that. There has to be I a, a certain they have level a st- of. I mean, like a lot of networks have their own studio. People come in and record in their studio. I wonder if that's what they're doing. That must might be what they're doing. No, I know a couple of people that are running networks. Parents on Demand Network, Sonny Galt's running that. Yeah, and right. And she, you know, she has a a standard for audio and, and the show and has to meet that standard before it's going to be considered. So And we should talk to we should talk to Mignon about it. Pros and cons. She's the yeah. queen of running networks. True. That's very true. Um all right. No, I mean I you know, it's just I was just curious what you guys thought. That's all. Um it's cool about Relay FM. I feel like they were in the news for something else more recently, but I can't remember what it was. They're not the network where the guy quit because he was borderline personality, right? Who, what, what network was that? Mine. No, dude. Feral. Re- feral audio. Oh, my God. Relay is like, if you're waiting to get like dirt, like, you know what I mean? Paparazzi, like headlines on bad behavior. These guys yeah. are like so sweet, so nice so kind (laughs) so like just lovely that it's like they're gonna sit there and go like uh yeah we we can't find anything on any of these cats they're just great guys down to earth do their thing yeah it's awesome well good for them that's really exciting check out their philanthropy and the stuff that they're doing that's pretty cool we could probably do something like that even with or without i know i would see that that's what i would oh and then taking it back to the conversation just that we were having earlier um i can't remember exactly why it it was oh it was when you were talking about marketing and that 
you know, people are, are hearing about our conference and they have like the marketing, like they haven't seen any marketing for it or something and people are still talking about it and all that. Yeah. Kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. So with Relay, what's really interesting is that they don't really do almost any marketing, like at all, like for anything. Like none of the stuff that we, you would imagine as an internet marketer people do, they don't do any of that stuff. They just like, if you go over to the Relay um, FM feed on Twitter, you'll just see like so-and-so recording, so-and-so live, latest episode out, latest episode out. Like it's just like one-liners of things and then you just kind of look at it. But their audience is so engaged and, and everybody knows what's happening because everybody listens to their show. So the marketing is in the show. It's, that's where the conversations are happening. How is that? And the hosts know how to engage their audience. They all have email us or reply with hashtag whatever. And people do that. That's what they do. They taught uh, the community to do that. They also live stream every single episode and they have a, ch a live chat um, that's going on the entire time. Now, they have all this stuff set up, of course, with, with everything. But they're really, really, um, that's the way that they engage with their audiences. And what I told you about the magic of podcasting is I do believe that they're, as much as we're all wanting to advertise in all of these other different avenues, when your audience really engages with your content, they become the marketing. They're the ones that are truly world of word of mouth. Like you're not going to be able to find like, Ooh, I started listening to their show because of this ad. Like that's just, it doesn't happen. So I think Mark, uh, the marketing for podcasts, as much as we have to do it, which we do, and I believe 100% on that, there's also an extra special magical thing that really, when you connect with an audience that loves you, it will exponentially start to grow and grow and grow. And you can't replicate that because there's no recipe for that. You hit something and it expands. And I think that's what's happening with She Podcasts. And has happened with She Podcast that we've just gone, how about this? And people are like, yay! And then they just engage. <laughs> you know, it's like Some of it makes me wonder if I've... Like, you know, the, remember the game Telephone where... Like yeah, I, I say, yeah, we're like, I'm worried that I've said like, oh, nothing starts before 10. And then, and then it goes down the line till like people start talking about it and they're like, we can sleep till noon. You know, like I'm oh. worried that like people are going to get there and it'll be completely different because it's all been word of mouth than, than what we've promised and that everyone's going to be, you know, it's like having a nightmare that you're going to just, you know, that I'm going to show up naked or something like everyone's going to be disappointed. It's not going to be right. Yeah, but Everyone's going to expect something else and I can't live up to these expectations because of the word of mouth. I'd much rather have clear, consistent messaging than worry that other people are doing my bit. You know, this is a control. I can hear myself. I'm. I, this is a control issue. Like, I can't control what other people are saying or doing. Therefore, I'm nervous about it. That's not a normal, I don't think. No, because I do think it's good to have word of mouth. And like I was telling Elsie that I have a friend who was asked by six different people in six different realms of her like existence to go to the event. None of them knew each other or would know each other. And it's kind of and like I'm amazed by this. But yeah, I like when I like when our you the audience is our word of mouth. But also it does as as an organizer make me feel like, oh, no, does that mean they're all expecting X and it's not going to be there? 
or why and that's different than what I've I mean I just worry about it I don't know I, well I think that I worry about that too and it does but that doesn't matter whether or not your marketing is is on point because yeah, people's expectations are people's expectations like we I don't know what anything's going to be and I have the same fear that you have I think as any because it but that happens in anything though if you're going to have a party I mean obviously this is at scale so this is huge but it's the same thing as like when you're planning a party for somebody or when you're taking your beloved out to a special meal or when you're like, is it going to pan out? Is it going to be what they're expecting? Is it going to, am I going to live up to what they think this is going to be? Like we all have that fear. And if we didn't, we'd be stupid. We'd be like totally narcissistic fools who have no, you know, (laughs) would just be like, well, of course it's going to be great. Yeah, I mean, some of it is different than what I started talking about at the beginning. Like we we're not doing a butterfly brunch because we didn't get a brunch sponsor and we had so much content that I couldn't take two hours in the morning on Sunday and just have one thing. So I still have the storytelling workshop going on, but we have other things happening from 10 to now four o'clock is when we go on stage and close it. So I'm worried that like, I mean, that's, you know, since April, when we first started the Kickstarter, it's a much different program, a much different program. And I yeah, just, but I don't but I also don't think that like everything's people, on the website, but I don't know if people look. I think people look, but I also I think, think people so. are not going to like, you know, sign up for something way back then and go, I think this is going to be neat and there's going to be a brunch on Sunday. I think you'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, because there are some people that are like, I bought the Kickstarter and I don't have a ticket for. You have a ticket conference? Is something happening still? Like, <laughs> there are some people that are like, where do we have to be? What time is it happening? Like, we bought this in April, and yeah, I, I mean, there's a small percentage that are doing that, but also, you know, things are changing right now. This now I understand why people say it's stressful. It's it had up until the last like two weeks. It's been it's been fun and slightly challenging. But now, now that I'm down to the wire, now I get it. And here's why. Because things are changing from hour to hour. And mm. and, and people are, you know, speakers are canceling more than one that's happened already. Um, and I'm having to rearrange the schedule. Sponsors are wanting more than they've paid for or banging out altogether and not showing up. I have no idea, like the hotels, our hotel contract is very vague when it comes to certain things. So like, you know, when you do a bar mitzvah, you have like a hotel contact that like helps you with the, like if you want, say, balloons or streamers, like somebody puts that together for you. But as a conference, I don't know if I have like a person like that. And if I, and if I want something like an archway with balloons who would put that up? Are they going to charge me extra? Where do I get the balloons? Do they outsource that somewhere? Like I'm starting to think about like the actual being of there. Mm-hmm. And and these details are unclear to me for some reason because it's a different kind of event than what I planned. So, you know, like I think I told you like I married my first husband because he had a really well-behaved dog. So I thought, well, great. He'll make a great dad. This is the same thing I've done, but in my career, I was like, well, I've planned two weddings and two bar mitzvahs. How hard could it be? (laughs) But it's hard. And there's a lot of stuff that I don't know. And I'm just, I'm not saying like, oh, I've screwed everything up. You guys are going to have a terrible time. It's going to be magical because as I said before, I think we could lose power and be homeless and sleep on the street and it would still be a pretty fun time. Because that's just who we are. Like, cheap podcasters are just awesome and supportive and cool like that. But 
I also am hoping that things don't change from now until October 10th so much that you don't recognize the same event I've been selling all this time. I hope it's the same. Like the parties. So the Saturday night party, introvert, extrovert party. Like now I'm figuring out how am I going to execute that? I've been talking about it for six months. Where's the introvert part going to be? Where's the extrovert part going to be? I don't know. Who's going to move the chair so that people can talk and have the, I don't know. Are we going to have candlelight? I don't know. Mood lighting? Not sure. I mean, it'll happen. But yeah, that's the part, you know, I've been talking about it and envisioning it for so long. And now it's just like, well, can this, can this vision actually happen? Or am I going to have to compromise it? I don't want to, I want to get to a point next year where no matter what comes out of, falls out of my mouth, we can make it happen. And I actually know that working with the hotel next year, just the way that they presented to us when they want, like when we went through a site visit was so encouraging because they already, they decorated the lunchroom in our brand just to, for us to show up there. Like that's when you know you're going to have somebody who's like, I'm going to make it great. It's going to be special. But this hotel, as Chris says, I'm a flea on a dog's ass to them. Right. <laughs> he says it about himself because <clears throat> it's a Marriott and they're fancy. Like. So are they going to help me? Is it, I mean, the hotel itself is beautiful, so I can keep things simple. Oh, I'm just nervous. Like when you just said like, oh, something about what you said, you're like, people are the marketing. And I just my I just panicked for a minute. I was like, no, don't let them. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I I totally get that. And I think that that's that's Sorry, the I'm stuff done. that like freaks me. And that th- what you're talking about right now is w- with all the years that we've we've chatted about the possibility of something like this happening. Like, I don't, I don't see the end beautiful party. I see everything that you're talking about right now. That's all the stuff problem. is my, my first thought was like, wait, no. Cause there's this. And like, I immediately see who's going to do that. Who's going to do this. Who's going to, ah, I have no idea. I, I have know. no, like, yeah, I, it was so outside of my scope. It's sort of like me going like, you're going to go have to defend so-and-so in the courtroom. You're the lawyer. Go. I'd be like. Right. But uh, I wasn't an advertising agent either. And I figured that out. You just right. figure it That's out. That's true. You just figure it out. I know. I get it. But see, I'm I'm not like you. You just I literally. I, just I remember when we started She Bad ass into things and don't think about it. Right. I mean, but just it's good. It's it's good and, and not so good because I mean, the good thing is like I've been sitting around dreaming about she podcasts, dreaming about it for like at least two years, Jessica. I was like, oh, my God, it would be so great if this and this and this happened. And then all of a sudden it was like, hey, who's that? Who created that group? <laughs> who's that? Jessica, like, under what is 10 she doing? minutes. You know, and I'm like, dude, what do you, oh my gosh, this is so neat. You know, and it was like, oh, I want to do that. Okay, well, I'll just join. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, and I'll just got the people. And then we need a podcast. Okay, you want to do it? All right. Two days later, website, artwork. Yeah, I like, know. And I was like, what? Logo. And me, and, and literally me is like, oh, I would love to have that. But, 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 but. Yeah. Yes, so, I know. I'm the, what's it called? Catalyst? Executor. I'm a catalyst. You're a catalyst. I don't even know if it's a catalyst. I think you're a, catalyst feels like idea maker. No, I. you're like the, yeah, the maker, the creator, the instigator. Is that it? I would say cliff pusher. I just push, <laughs> push, 
things off a cliff and just hope they I'm the cliff pusher. Grow Is that wings your spirit? before they fall on the ground. Um, it's your spirit animal. I mean, I just maybe it's just sheer arrogance to think that I could do whatever it is that I put my mind to doing and 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 I'm not I'm not really that fearful about stuff and I'm still I still know in the back of my head it'll be a great event. I just I know I can't control that somewhere in that 600 people no matter what they see they're going to be like oh she sucks. Like if there's no food at right. the Saturday night party, but I've given two hours for a dinner break or if there's you know, no, you know, there's vegetarian options, but there's no beef or whatever. Like just somebody's going to look at the program or the hotel or the something and be like, oh, she sucks. I'm never coming back. And I can't control it. No matter right. what I do, I can't control it. I can't. And it's just like, oh, well, everyone's talking about it and they're clearly saying good things, but that's almost scarier. That is scarier. I mean, no, I agree with you. I don't know what's going to happen. I think now this is literally is is. It's great, but also it's, it's just terrifying. Yeah, it's both. Yeah, I had a conversation yesterday and I said the same th- same thing. Really? I am, I am so excited. I am like emotionally overwhelmed. I'm, yeah, by I'm not prepared jo- for that at all. By joy. Like, I mean, I, I mean, if I allow myself to tap into that, I am overwhelmed by what this is and, and how incredible it is. Because if you allow yourself to just sit in that, it really is overwhelming and I am so deeply grateful and so excited and I cannot believe this is actually happening. This is great. And the excitement from everybody else, that's like, wow. And then there's the other part where it's like, holy shit. I, oh my God, wow. it's ter- It's terrifying. It's, it's terrifying. terrifying. I mean, especially because of how much support we've gotten financial, yes. financial yes. first, the Kickstarter doubling. And then like, I have... I have all these sponsors. I mean, I do have a lot of sponsors. Now, it's true that not one of them has done, you know, like Podcast Movement has like the big, big booty Bobby sponsor where they do like $75,000 and then they like own the whole thing. I don't have any of those big booty Bobby sponsors. I have lots of little sponsors, which you would think would cover whatever it was I could snap my fingers and think up, but it doesn't. It doesn't because all the food's like $35 a head and it's 600 people. Everything is $10,000. So like, it's not exactly like it's still expensive. So I'm just like, you know, I'm so grateful for the people that have, it's all faith. Every single person who is showing up there in Atlanta, every single sponsor who has a booth, every single person with an ad in the program that is purely done on faith of me and you. That's Mm -hmm. it. And so that. I'm incredibly grateful and overwhelmed, but it also gives me a very slight amount of pressure that I will, that I don't want, I just don't want to disappoint those people who have had faith in me and us. That's my biggest fear in the world Mm -hmm. is that someone will be disappointed in what I've chosen to create with their generous faith. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, a lot of stuff. I think it's normal, um, but it's scary. But I mean, I, I'm working very hard to make sure that it's worth every penny. And I mean, I know that the sponsors especially are, you know, want the exposure and you'll certainly get that because it's going to be a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, but the attendees too, like it's your experience. And, and, and is it going to be everything you want? I hope I just I just hope it is. And if it's not, I hope you'll be honest, but kind when you tell me that it's not what you expected. 
It's going to be, be fine. Kind. They're going to have a blast. Everybody's going to have a great time. So this week we landed Patreon and iHeartMedia as sponsors, by the way. Um, we also have, I mean, some of the bigger sponsors are, I mean, I just want to go over it just because I think they deserve it. Buzzsprout, who has given away a hundred tickets to our event. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a hundred people who are coming from Buzzsprout who are over the moon excited to have won a ticket to our event. Um, uh, Stitcher PRX is like really working hard to make a fun party and a cocktail hour before the show on lady like stuff. Your mom never told you is doing a main stage presentation. I don't know if I told you that. Did you know that? I'm super excited to yes, have them. I, oh, no, I don't think you did. I don't think you did tell me that. Yeah, they're, it's not a keynote, but it's going to be it's on the main stage. It's going to be really good. Um, I mean, the, I mean, Rachel, my friend Rachel, who's our first main stage presentation after the keynote. Um, she was diagnosed with breast cancer earlier in the summer and she went to Mexico and had some treatment and she's cancer free at the moment, but she still has to take treatment, which 1% of people who have this treatment have their hair fall out while well, her hair was falling out. So she shaved her head this week on camera live. Did you happen to see the video yet? No. Sorry. Oh my God. It's the most, it's unbelievable. She had a song playing and she like turned it on. Her family helped her shave her hair. And by the way, it was like, we were talking back and forth and she was like, I think my hair is starting to get sparse. I'm like, no, it's not. That's what it, Yes, it is. It was. She couldn't. Have, she couldn't have kept. I mean, it was like starting to look like it had been falling out, which I thought was crazy because she has such lush yeah. hair, you know. So anyway, so she's going to be at our event bald as a bald eagle. That's going to be great, though. I know she's a very powerful little thing. My goodness. Miss Rachel Luna. Um yeah, so I that's going to be emotional seeing her talk about confidence after she just shaved her head two weeks ago. That's going to be an interesting presentation, I think. Yeah, for you sure. Know? But I mean, beyond that, though, Jess, shaving your head after getting a cancer diagnosis is uh, not a big deal. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's a big deal. But after having to get that and then do what she did and continue to strive for it, think I think about it. So much of your identity is wrapped up in your hair. Oh, though. dude. You don't have to talk to me about the loss of the hair because I've been thinking about that, too, because my hair is totally thinning. And I I feel how much of my identity is stuck into my hair. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel it in every part of me. I like look at myself and and I get really over. I like I really do. It's like I'm not an unconfident person. No, I've always been hair- really confident at the way that I look and how I present myself. And like I've always had all the things. Mm-hmm. And the thought of losing my hair has me wanting to not come out of my like it. Just the thought it's of it, I'm horrifying. like, it's yeah, it it's really horrifying. is deeply, deeply set into my psyche. In perspective, that's true. It's not a big deal to shave your head after you've you're already right. been diagnosed with cancer. But when you're sha- like, you could see it in her face as she was shaving her head. It was partly empowering and partly just a culmination of everything she's been through. Yeah. It was like the final like. It was like the final straw on the, you know, that that like made her just psyche just like she could just you could just see she could never be the same. I mean, already right. with a cancer diagnosis and beating it, you're never going to be the same person. But it was like she was shaving away that sick person like that person right. who had cancer and felt weak and was scared. Like, you know, it's sad. It's scary and sad. Yeah. It just was like it was an amazing video. And anyway, I think seeing her is going to be really empowering for you guys. Um and then 
I'm, I don't know. I'm just excited. I'm so excited. Like when you, I just put the, I'm putting the program together. And as a result, I'm rereading all of our sessions. Man, I wish I could go to every single one. I agree. Every I completely one agree. Is amazing. And I mean, I, yep. I, I'm upset. How am I going to miss? I'm not, not going to see any of them. And I'm like, I mean, I'll watch the video. Maybe uh, it's just, they're amazing. Every single one of them is amazing. And I just, it's going to be, that alone is worth whatever. Not caring if you have a vegetarian breakfast. I don't know. Whatever. Yep. Um, okay. Agreed. All right. Well, well, I think we, we did probably our, we, run our we, course here with this. But we did. No, we did. We finished up with our, you know, She Podcast Live uh, uptake thing. And I think that that's, it's a good time to call it a day here. Ordering t-shirts, ordered tote bags, ordered some fun stuff to put in there. You guys are going to get nice little treats. I have, I have, I do have some do- fun little donations that are coming. Some little oh, cool. goodies to go in the goodie bag. So it's going to be great. So if you haven't got your ticket yet. What the hell are you waiting for? It's at ShePodcast.live forward slash register. You can also find us on the web at ShePodcast, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you want to join our group, it is free for the ladies. She, nope. It's Facebook.com forward slash group forward slash ShePodcast. Um, and yeah, let us know if you have any questions or need anything. If you want feedback, send it to feedback at ShePodcast.com. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Love you. Meet it. Bye.